Hello, everyone, and welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 20 in our attempt to mine and understand just what the heck is going on around us. Today's episode is entitled The Deficit. Yes, we're talking about not only the $27 trillion, more or less, that the federal government supposedly has in debt, but including that, all the corporate and private debt we have, plus all the state and local governments, and the amount of debt, the amount of deficit we operate on on a year-to-year basis, the debt is the accumulation of all those deficits, is phenomenal. It's staggering. I think the implications for the economy, in fact, for the overall economic health of the globe, is rather shaky. Um, that may even be that may even be a charitable description, because as I understand it in my studies and so forth, even China, the quote second or largest economy, depending on who's doing the measuring, even China is operating on very shaky ground and very shaky sticks as far as their economy goes. But the deficit is more than the operating annual loss. The deficit, well, let me take it to, for those of you who are familiar with the older version of the Lord's Prayer, there's a line in there, Father, forgive us our debts just as we forgive our debtors. And that may be a way uh, looking forward at some governments and some entities attempt to get out from under this uh, heavy weight of debts and accumulated deficits is merely by forgiving them. And um, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be catastrophic. But you can plan for it if, if, it looks to you, in your view, like it's something that's likely going to happen where debts are canceled, uh, then you want to be in a position where you have very little debt and very few people who owe you money. Now, some would argue that the best way to go is to have a lot of debt so that when they get canceled, uh, you'll be in a better shape financially. But I assure you, I can guarantee you, that after governments go to the trough of debt forgiveness and then huge mega international, global, and national corporations go to the trough of debt forgiveness, by the time they get to you, there ain't going to be a whole lot of forgiving to be done. Okay, that's my statement on that so far. The deficit doesn't only involve our year-to-year or year-to-date operating expenses and our losses. We also have a deficit in this country, and I believe globally, in leadership. And I might parenthetically add, maybe that deficit is intelligence, but I suspect there are a whole lot of smart people who have no clue what they're doing. We do have a deficit in leadership. For example, we just got the two-day delay on implementing the new federal budget. Now, Two days doesn't make a lot of difference. In fact, when the Postal Service, we hear rumors of trucks full of mail sitting in 
the Detroit Distribution Center waiting to be sent out. I don't think uh, two days of funding in the federal government is going to make a whole lot of difference in that. In fact, a whole number of bureaus, agencies, and what have you, many are functioning on only essential terms, at least for the weekend during the COVID pandemic. So what difference does two days make? It's all an illusion. It's uh, kabuki theater. It's just an effect to make it look like they're doing something and they're uh, working their way towards a solution. Every time government comes up with a solution, I have a an urge to bend over and grab my ankles, but you don't have to take that verbatim. We can go for there. Bottom line is what we had from the Congress of the United States was another two-day exercise in can kicking, and they are really good at that. They are masters of can kicking. We also have, and I would argue, and you may disagree with me on this, I think we have a deficit in confidence in election security. Whether you're on the Biden side or the Trump side, you just sense that something's going on. If you're a Biden supporter, your concerns may not be so much the voting and the tabulating as it is the mechanisms and different avenues that Trump is using to challenge those results. So you may feel there's a deficit in election security because nobody should be allowed to go that long and continuing this chaos. On the other hand, if you're a Trump supporter, you feel totally aggrieved or justified because you can see clearly that there was evidence of fraud because there are numerous affidavits and expert witnesses who claim the case. The bottom line is then for both parties, and by parties, I mean supporters of Biden, supporters of Trump. I'm not talking here in the sense of the DNC or the GOP. Both parties and their supporters will have a deficit in confidence in how, what, how the outcome is decided. So we're definitely going to have a deficit in our regards and concerns for election security going forward. That leads me into the next deficit, our next element of distrust and lack of confidence. That's for government. Many of us now, and I'd say on both sides of the spectrum, uh, both ends of the spectrum, let's put it that way, have a definite distress, distrust and a deficit in confidence for the way our government operates. Do they tell us the truth? And if they do tell us the truth, then we doubt the truth because they, they do it so rarely that we don't have confidence in what they're telling us. I think that that trickles from all levels of government into this whole pandemic thing we're going through right now. But that, that deficit of trust also bleeds over into corporations. Big tech, for example and the way they arbitrarily choose who to censor and whatever in the social media, uh, without any clear guidelines or whatever, and we have a little distrust in that regard, uh, how they deal with us. Other huge corporations, while small businesses are failing in town after town, city after city, county after county, and state by state, small businesses are struggling and some sinking 
and others grasping by their fingernails, some huge mega corporations in the United States are realizing uh, massive profits. In fact, they've capitalized on this pandemic because of favorable treatment by local and state governments. And uh, so I think then that deficit in trust is going to extend right over into the entire corporate picture. Uh, I'm talking about large corporate pictures. I'm not one of those who uses corporate uh, to include only the biggies. I realize there are small corporations and even mom and pop corporations that have been incorporated. But distrust for large corporations, their impact, their dollars that they have available for lobbying to generate favorable treatment from Congress and the regulators. So there's a distrust there going up the ladder of, uh, of private enterprise even. Talking about deficits and distrust, uh, President Trump is still challenging the election, as many of you know, on a number of fronts. The courts so far haven't been very favorable uh, for him and his supporters, but still the fight goes on, and every day we get promises of new revelations that are going to break it wide open. I'm still waiting, but... I would suggest somebody that doesn't have trust in the designated outcome of President-elect Biden would be Senator Harris, his VP candidate. Typically, when someone is elected to the president or vice president holding a uh, federal office, they resign so that they're prepared to take on their new tasks. Senator Harris has not yet resigned from the Senate. And uh, that tells me, and maybe I'm all wet in this, maybe maybe she just wants to keep the paycheck coming in for another month or so, but it suggests to me that she may have some reservations about the final results of the election. She's not yet resigned because she's maybe in the back of her mind fearful that her and President-elect Biden's uh, victory may be overturned, perhaps, in the courts. So that may be an issue there. But there's somebody who's really nervous probably right now about the fact that she hasn't yet resigned. And that's Governor Newsom from California. You can rest assured that he's being inundated with emails and phone calls uh, from people who are promoting another candidate to be appointed in Senator Harris's place or advocating for their own appointments, and it's probably driving him crazy right now. And if I dare give a little bit of political advice uh, to Governor Newsom, who I, I, I think is a failed leader, a massively failed leader, but let me give him a little bit of political advice free of charge that if Senator Harris ever does resign and if the Biden-Harris team is confirmed finally, then Governor Newsom should appoint himself to that Senate seat. It's been done before. There's precedent for that. Although there may be a restrictive clause in the California Constitution I'm unaware of that would not allow that. Uh, other states have done it and other uh, governors have done it in the past. So if he's allowed to do it, constitutionally, 
he should appoint himself because there is a massive uh, recall petition being circulated in California to call him online for his, um, how do I put it, rather haphazard and rather clumsy uh, COVID response that he's had since he's been governor there, plus the hypocritical aspects of his shutting down small businesses and restaurants while eating out at, uh, you know, a famous restaurant in San Francisco with some of his close friends with no masks, high dollars. So maybe from the political sense, uh, Governor Newsom would be best off appointing himself to that Senate seat, getting his dodge out of Sacramento and uh, letting the lieutenant governor take over and thus maybe not ticking off as many of the people who really want uh, the Harris job if she should uh, move on and, you know, maybe putting all them at an equal state of uh, disgruntlement. But nevertheless, there's a whole lot of dynamics going on in the whole election thing. And so that leads me on to the COVID. The vaccines are out there. The second one's been approved now from Moderna. Uh, AstraZeneca, I believe, will probably be uh, approved later this week, which means you have three companies massively producing. The, The problem now comes down to logistics, getting the vaccines and the second shot it takes two shots to get it done out to the respective states and then it's up to the governors and the localities in the states to choose their priorities on a state-by-state basis and get them distributed then to the the areas that need them most so um, maybe once it's out there in general availability maybe this mask and lockdown crap can stop My guess is no, they're going to find all kinds of excuses to prolong it and keep it going as long as they can. But that's a personal biased opinion that maybe we can talk about next time uh, when we see how far and how widely the vaccines have been distributed. So that's Living Liberty Today to the Deficit. You can get us on iHeartRadio or Living Liberty Today on Facebook, Me, We, Parlor, Twitter, and LinkedIn under Charlie Earl. Have a good one. Live free. We'll catch you the next time.